is the house of the Lord. Let's praise Him.
praise Jesus, church. Jesus is worthy 
to be praised in this place this morning. Amen. So I want you with joy in your heart to just pour out that praise. Bring that praise to Jesus. Peace to the restless and joy. 
thank you for opening the door and opening our eyes that we see not with just our physical eyes, Lord, but with our heart and with our soul. We see the love that you have for us. Lord, thank you that you bring these things to us as we pour out our praise to you. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, let's give a shout in the house this morning to Jesus. Amen and amen. Church, turn to the person beside you. Tell them how great they sounded singing this morning. Thigpen, and we want to welcome you to Anastasia Church. If this is your first time with us or you are a regular attender, we are grateful that you are here. You can text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. That will give you a link to our website, which will give you many options of sharing prayer requests, finding out more about us, and events that are coming up. Tomorrow at 11.30 in this room, we will resume our senior adult luncheons, so we invite you to be a part of that if you are 55 or older. Also, we are continuing our focus on life groups. In a church this size, it's easy to feel lost or not connected. Life groups is an excellent way for you to find community within a smaller group of people. Um, Pastor Sam Thigpen and his wife Kelly will be out in the atrium following the service at a table, and they can give you more information about life groups that might be a perfect fit for you. Also, on September 24th at 1 p.m., we will have a beach baptism. If you've never been baptized, if that's a part of your faith journey that you are ready to take that step, we would be most honored to speak with you and talk you through that and allow you to be a part of our beach baptism on the 24th. I think that's it. Am I forgetting something? Yeah. What? First through fifth grade is singing here next Sunday. Say that again closer into your mic. First through fifth grade is singing here next Sunday. She's right. Kids praise. First through fifth grade next Sunday. Don't want to miss it. Should we, um, should we tell them the name of the song? No. No? Keep it a secret? Okay, is that all you have to say about that? Yes, okay. So Liv, can you believe that in a couple of months, we should be in our new rec center? And definitely by this time next year, we will be in the brand new next-gen building for youth, preschool, and children. Are you excited about that? Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? The gym. The gym. Not the kids' building? Both? Okay, what about the gym excites you? Basketball. Do you enjoy sports? Yeah. So rumor has it we will start an upward basketball ministry. Is that something you'd like to be a part of? Maybe. Maybe. The Next Gen and the Rec Center is happening because of you and your gracious gifts. We cannot thank you enough for your gift of your tithes and your offerings to the new building. We thank you for that. It is your generosity that is allowing that to happen. We ask you to continue praying with us and continue to giving to this effort. Um, just an exciting time in the life of our church for buildings that will be here beyond our time here. And what a great way to bring new families into the life of this church and to introduce Jesus Christ to young families, children, and other people throughout the community. So thank you for your generosity. Liv is going to lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving, and I invite you to bow your heads and join us as we pray. Thank you for the builders who are building the building, and thank you for all the people that are supporting and helping us um, get money to build the building. And thank you for the people that are soon going to be in our church learning about Jesus. Amen. Amen. I know her. Hey church, welcome this morning. Uh, we're so grateful that you're here to worship. Uh, and, and this weekend is very special. Uh, we're gonna be talking about the power of community. And uh, 
I get to, to borrow my daughter. She's the jokester in our family. And in a couple weeks as we were nearing uh, having Hurricane Adelia, we were all watching it, looking that the hurricane was coming our way. And uh, I remember watching the Weather Channel like most of us are, and we're, we're watching that uh, what they call the cone of uncertainty. You guys, you know what I'm talking about? That uh, big blob of white that covered most of the state. And at the time we were watching it, uh, St. Augustine was in the cone of uncertainty. And as we, we were watching this, uh, Olivia told me, she said, hey, Dad, look, we're in the cone of shame. <laughs> I said, Olivia, it's not the cone of shame. It's the cone of uncertainty. She says, no, Dad, it's the cone of shame. And I said, well, why is it the cone of shame? She said, because it's a shame if you in it. <laughs> And I thought for certain, yes, if you are in the cone of shame, it's a shame if you're in it. Um, you know, as we, this hurricane hit, and obviously we we're, didn't get the brunt of that, but we are continuing to pray for those on the west coast of Florida. I was so encouraged uh, to be a part of the church family. I know Florida Baptists were on the ground supporting and caring for those who were hit in West Florida, but we also had those within our church who took it upon themselves to go and to help people in crisis and need. And I think it's a reminder of the call that the church has, right? The church is doing best when we are helping and supporting and comforting those who are hurting or in need. And so I wanna talk about the power of community this morning and talk a little bit about life groups. And if you don't know what life groups are, life groups are what we refer to as small groups. And small groups are a place in our church. We are a, a fairly large church and it's easy to get lost in the mix but to have a personal, intimate relationship with others as we do faith together. We often refer about life groups as they're doing life together, and that's the reality of it. They pray together, they encourage one another, they study the word together, and it's a place to be encouraged and to encourage others. And we believe there's such incredible value uh, to being a part of small groups. And so you're gonna hear a little bit this morning about why, biblically speaking, we need to be connected into the church and talking a little bit about the relationship that God desires us to have as a church body. And we're gonna be looking at just a few minutes in 2 Corinthians, but just to give you a little context of what the church looked like during the time Paul was writing this letter, it looked very different. Uh, the church did not gather in large buildings at the time that this was written, right? It was very different. Churches gathered much in homes or in small places, in community centers, uh, in the synagogues. And they would gather and meet together. And the church was very, very personal. And uh, as you think about a home church, if somebody was going through a hard situation in your church, then you knew about it. You prayed for them. You encouraged them. And so there was this closeness of relationship. But the other thing you need to know about the church is the church was experiencing great persecution at the time of the They had some struggles, they had some sufferings, they had some difficulties. And what's interesting, what's amazing to see about the church is how they rallied alongside one another. And as one part of the body suffered, there was another part of the body that was encouraging them and praying for them and walking with them. And so I think we see in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the relationship that God desires us to have as a church. And as we look at that relationship, I hope that we can understand and see the power of what it looks like to be in community with one another. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I encourage you to turn to 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 1. I love this passage of scripture. We're going to be chapter 1, verse 3. And if you're able this morning, I'm going to ask you to please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Verse seven, our hope for you is unshaken. For we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. I love this passage of scripture because I think it, it talks about it gives us an idea of the relationship that God desires us to have as a church. And two general statements I wanna make, right? Why are small groups important? Why is it important to being connected into your community of faith? One 
is I would say that God created us for community. He created us to have relationship with one another, and that's why it's important for us to have those relationships. Secondly, I would say that we are better and stronger together when we are united in faith under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We are better together. We experience more spiritual victories. We experience more comfort. We experience more encouragement when we are united together as a body of believers. Going back to our passage, there's one point that I don't think we can miss before we can talk about community, though. And this is, if you're taking notes, the first thing you can write down, God is the great comforter. Our God, our Father in heaven, is the great comforter. Scripture says, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, who comforts us in all our affliction. Man, what an encouraging verse. Because here's why. I don't know about you, but I believe that all of us in our life face affliction, right? Anybody in here face affliction in their life? Anybody face hardship? Anybody face difficult seasons of life? Here's the good news, friends. We have a great comforter in the Lord Jesus. He is our comforter. He is with us and he is for us. How many of us experience affliction in life? We all do. And we have a great comforter. Uh, if, if you are going through a, a hard time in your life and you've been there before, you've gone through a difficult season, and you think about the relationship uh, that those who comfort you have with you, right? If you're going through a difficult season and you want that person who brings comfort in your life, do you want them from afar to give you a comfort, right? Do you want them to send you a letter and say, hey, I'm thinking about you, praying about you, and, and do you want that type of relation? No, right? If you're going through a difficult season, you want that person who comforts you to be near to you. You want them to be close to you so that they can speak that encouragement into your life. You know, how many moms do we have in the house here? Moms, where you at, right? Moms, you've been there before. Your, your child is upset. They're crying. They need comfort. How many moms from a distance say, hey, honey, you're going to be fine. You know, pat yourself on the back, dust your shoulders off. You're going to be okay, right? Does that work all right? No. Moms, you know that if you need to comfort your child, what do you do? You bring them in close and you hold them. You embrace them. You encourage them. You hug them, right? Uh, kids want to be comforted in a nearness. Like they want to experience the comfort that you bring to them uh, in, in, a, in a personal way. Now dads, how many dads we got in the house, right? Dads, what do we do if our child is upset, needs comforting, crying? What do we do? We give them to mom. That's exactly right, right? Everybody's with me there, right? We know that they want mom anyway, so we're just gonna, we're gonna encourage them to go to mom, right? Not really. Um, you know, as we talk about the God of comfort, I believe there's a similar principle here. The God of all comfort, does he comfort us from afar? Does he comfort us from a distance? No. In fact, the scriptures say that God is near to the brokenhearted. God is near to us. He embraces us. He is with us. Amen. You know, the word here for comforter is the, is the uh, Greek word uh, parakaleleo. And, and it means to be at one's side, to speak to, to encourage, to counsel, to teach. It's often the same word that we see in the Greek used for describing the spirit of God. And here's what's cool. Here's what's cool. When we think about the spirit of God, where is the spirit? The Spirit resides within us. In other words, we have God's presence. We have God's comfort. We have his counsel. We have his teaching, not from a distance, but within us. God could not be any closer to where we are. He could not be any closer to the affliction that we face. He could not be any closer to the heartache that you feel because the Spirit of God lives within us. We've got a comforter. So how does God comfort? We've already talked about through his spirit, right? Yes. How else does he comfort? He comforts us through his word, right? When his word is active and alive, whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, we can go to God's word. How else? Through prayer. Hallelujah, we can go to the, the throne of grace in boldness because of the work of what Jesus has done on the cross. 
We can go directly through the Father. How else do we experience God's comfort, though? I would say lastly, through his church, through his people, through those who are in this room right now. When I often think about how we experience God's comfort, and especially after we've read this verse, it's through the presence and the relationship that we have with the church. And oftentimes when we're struggling, when we're going through a difficult season, the people that God uses to speak comfort into our lives are those fellow believers, those fellow Christians. But here's the key. We have to have that relationship with them. We have to have that relationship. I think one of the most underutilized aspects of experiencing the comfort and encouragement that God gives is through the community of faith through small groups, through the relationship that we're called to have within the church, the power and the presence of being in community is so important. All right, so we've established God wants to bring us comfort in our life, right? The scriptures taught us that. But if we're not in a place, if we're not in a relationship with the church, if we're not sitting in a seat to allow God to speak to us in, in the presence of that spiritual community, in a life group, in a small group, I think we're gonna miss out on a lot of that comfort that God intends us to have. Which brings me to the second point. Community is both a place for giving and receiving comfort. Listen, you can use that word community, you could put the church, you could put small group, you could put life groups, but spiritual community, the church, is both a place for giving and receiving comfort. Going back to the scriptures, right? He says, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. You know, Paul is saying, listen, the church is not just a place for you to be comforted by others, by God, but it's also a place for you to help comfort others. I love to tell people when they join the church family, I said, hey, I hope this is a place where you're encouraged, but I also pray that it's a place where you can encourage others, right? That's the calling that God has for us. Paul is saying, hey, a place for which God will speak and comfort to you is in the church. It's in community. Amen. You know, multiple times, I, my wife and I have been blessed to help lead small groups the last eight to 10 years of our life. And, and uh, man, I've seen God just do some incredible things through that small, intimate relationship. I, I've seen people battling addiction. I've seen people going through loss in their life. And what happens is oftentimes when we're praying for those individuals, what happens is I see others within the group wrap their arms and embrace them and say, hey, I want you to know a few years ago I was going exactly through what you're going through right now. Yep. And can I tell you, can I tell you there's hope on the horizon, there's victory in Jesus, that's what they can tell only in the way that a person who experienced what they have gone through can share with them. If that's not God's comfort, I don't know what is. God continually uses community. I, I encourage you to be a part of what God is doing here, to be connected in. Uh, the struggles with which you have gone through may seem at times unusable and unredeemable, but as hard as as challenging as those things are, when you surrender them over to God and say, God, this is my hurt, this is my heartache, I don't know if you can use it for your glory, for your kingdom, but when you surrender it over, can I tell you God can redeem some broken things in your life? And often the way that he does is he's gonna take your testimony of what he has done in your life and he's gonna use you to share it with somebody else who is broken and hurting and hearted. God can do that. Hey, if you're going through a difficult season of life right now, God wants to bring you comfort. But you've gotta set yourself in a place to receive it. You've gotta set yourself in a place where you have that personal relationship with Jesus, where you're open in his word, where you're praying, but when you are in that spiritual community in the church that he's called you to be. Amen. Here's why this is important. Third thing you can write down. Spiritually, we are stronger in community. Spiritually, we are stronger. Verse five, he says, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. You know, again, the church was going through just a tumultuous time at this point. There was a lot of persecution, a lot of hardship. But what Paul is saying, listen, you're not going at this alone. We're praying for you. We're with you. Although we can't be present with you, we want you to know that we are there in spirit with you. What, what I love to see in the church when people are having difficult challenges in their life, 
I love to see the church say, hey, that problem, that challenge that you're going through is not just yours. I'm gonna help carry that challenge, that burden with you. I'm gonna help see you uh, through this challenge in this difficult time. Paul is saying also that, that when we are together, when we are together and sharing in the sufferings that we can also share in God's comfort, there's an encouragement about being united together. Amen. You know, Jesus talked about this in, in Matthew 18. He said this, Again, I say to you, if you two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. You know, some people question that verse, is that, and they're like, well, does that mean if I'm alone, I'm not in God's presence? No, no, we've already established that, right? If we have a relationship with the Lord, his presence of his spirit resides within us, what that verse is saying is there's something powerful when the people of God come together, united in spirit, and pray together. God moves in mighty ways. When we come together in his name, we can experience spiritual victories. We can experience renewal and healing and restoration. There's a call for us to be together, to be the church, so that we can experience the victory that God has us. You know, I, I talk to a lot of Christians all the time, and they think, Sam, I can do this, this Christianity thing all by myself, right? <laughs> I don't need to go to church. I'm good. I've got, I've got my relationship with the Lord. Everything is good. And you know, listen, having a, a relationship with Jesus is what brings salvation in our life, right? Faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, surrendering to follow him is what brings salvation into our life. Amen. But listen, for you to experience the fullness of the comfort, the encouragement that God has for you in your life, it's impossible to do so without being connected into the body of faith in which God has called us. Scripture said, don't neglect the local gathering, right? Be a part of it. There's a calling to be a part of what God has for us. You know, uh, uh, many of you uh, here this past weekend or last two weekends know that uh, many sports have started coming on TV, right? A lot of you probably watched sports the last couple days, and uh, maybe the popular one is football. And, you know, uh, it, it's interesting. Football is considered a team sport. You can watch basketball or you can use any of these illustrations. But football just came on, college football in particular. And, uh, you, you know, I, I understand with football, you can have up to like 53 pers- people on one team. You play 11. But it's like, you know, each of those people can serve on the team, right? You know, imagine if on any given Saturday... There was a team of 53 who were gathered on one side of the institute and they're all hyped up, they're ready to go. And then on the other side of the field, imagine against this 53-man roster that only one person shows up against the team. Right? This person said, hey, I got it all together. I can do it just fine. I don't need the help of the rest of my team. I can beat this other team just by myself. Can I tell you what's gonna happen to that one person? They're gonna get tackled a lot, they're gonna fumble, and I guarantee that they're not gonna get a victory in that game, right? You know, as silly as that seems, that's the mindset that many of us have in our faith. I don't need the church. I don't need to be a part of a spiritual community. I don't need to be a part of a small group or a life group. Okay, what's gonna happen in your life is you're gonna face discouragement, trials, and difficulty. And instead of having the full comfort and the encouragement of the church that God designed and created you to be a part of, you're gonna experience heartbreak and loss and discouragement time and time again. Listen, God has called us to be a part of this church family. God has called us to be a part of his team, right? The church is our team and the team needs us and we need the team, right? We need to be a part of the church. Yes, amen. And not just to come on Sunday, but to know one another. And, and I, I love and I, and I preach all the time on the importance of being connected in a small group because it's there in that place, in that setting that you can share with the burdens that you're facing, that you can experience the comfort and blessing of those around you. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning is Hope multiplies in community. Hope multiplies in community. Verse seven, he says, our hope for you is unshaken. Why is our hope 
for you unshaken, Paul writes, it's because we serve an unshakable God, an unmovable God. But he says this, he says, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Paul is reminding us and the Christians that even in the midst of our trials, suffering and suffering, that we have an unshakable hope. And there are times in our life when we, we face difficult seasons that our hope gets a little rattled. Our hope gets a little shaken. There's times I've come to church and my hope has been a little shaken. My hope's been a little discouraged. But you know what the beautiful thing is? Is every time I come to church and I rub shoulders with those who are in this room and I hear about what God's doing in their life and I hear about that season in their life where their hope was rattled and they were shooken and God uses them to share with me the hope that we have and to be reminded that we serve a God who is unshakable and unmovable. Hope multiplies in Christian community. I love for so many of you guys who are plugged into life groups, I hear time and time again of how you are encouraged by one another. It's always a reminder too to me in in seasons of loss. And and, and, you know, oftentimes when a a person who is connected in the church and they experience a heartache or trouble or a loss of a loved one and they're connected in community, can I tell you the first people to respond in their time of heartache, who they are? It's their life group. Right? Because they're doing life together. They care for one another. So this morning, as we wrap up, I, I want to challenge you with a couple things. One, if you came this morning and you felt like, I don't need any help. God, I can do this all on my own. Can I just, can I just challenge you for a minute? That God didn't intend for you to carry all that you're going through alone. First and foremost, he wants you to surrender that. But secondly, it's okay to share your burdens and struggles. Because in that place, in that space, when we share with one another how they can pray for us, sincerely pray for us, I believe God can bring about healing within our lives. So this morning, in just a few minutes, we're gonna have a time to open this altar. And maybe you need to bring a friend up here this morning and say, hey, can you go pray with me? Can you pray over me? Or maybe this morning, if you don't have that person, I would love to be that person just to pray over you this morning, right? As we read earlier, where two or three or more gathered there, there's something powerful that happens. Listen, there's nothing special about these steps in this altar other than that this is a place where you can come and surrender before the living God. It's an act of obedience to come before him. So this morning, if you're struggling with something, I'm gonna invite you to come up this morning. Ask for prayer. Ask somebody who's next to you. Maybe you know him, maybe you don't know him. Say, hey, can you come pray for me? Secondly, if you're not a part of this church family, I wanna challenge you today. Maybe today's an opportunity to be a part and join this family. As I said earlier, I believe that this place is a place to be encouraged, but it's also to encourage others. You don't know how God might use you to encourage someone else, but you also might not know how God might bring encouragement in your life. The last thing that I wanna challenge you with this morning, the way to respond is, uh, as you walk out into the atrium, in just a few minutes, right under our TV, we have a a couple of leaders that are gonna be out there. And if you wanna get connected into a small group, a life group here at Anastasia, they're gonna be there to help you identify a group that will be a good fit for you. And they can walk with you, they can encourage you. And so if you're not part of a life group, I encourage you, stop by there. Hear about some opportunities to get connected. Because here's what I know. Each and every one of us is gonna face a season of difficulty in our life. And the only way to get through those difficult seasons is with God's strength and his help and his comfort. But I'm gonna tell you that the way that he comforts us so frequently is by using others whom we are in community with. So this morning, as we have a time of invitation, maybe it's this morning to come here and pray. Maybe it's to join the church family, or maybe it's as you leave here today to step at that table and step out in faith and to join a life group. My prayer for you this morning is to respond to God's leading. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you are a God of all comfort. No trial, no difficulty, no challenge in our life is too big for you because you're the God of all comfort. And so, Lord, I pray that 
as many of us are wrestling in some difficult seasons, Lord Jesus, I pray that we would not go at it alone. God, you didn't create us to go and to fight our battles on our own, but with the power of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So Lord Jesus, maybe for some of us, it's starting that relationship with you this morning. Maybe someone has never surrendered unto you, never asked you to be Lord of their life. This morning, today, Lord Jesus, September 10th, maybe that would be the day that they would take a step of faith to trust you. For those who need to come up here and pray this morning, I pray, Father, that they would walk in obedience. Lord, we love you, and we give you all honor and glory. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's stand, let's worship. If you got something to pray about this morning, if you need prayer, the altar's open, you come this morning.
believe God's at work in the house. Amen. Hey, we want to give Him praise. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you and remind you of a relationship that the Lord has called us to have one another. Let's not take it lightly. Let's be an encourager to those around us. Again, if you have not said yes to a life group here, I encourage you to stop by one of the tables in the atrium. But let's give God all the glory. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great week.